This is a Federal News Network podcast. When the Army put out the call for retired medical professionals to help with the coronavirus pandemic, officials thought maybe a few dozen would raise their hands. Instead, more than 25,000 people answered the call. After quite a bit of triage, hundreds of them are now embedded across the Army's medical enterprise. Federal News Network's Jared Serbu has details on how retirees are helping to sustain military medical readiness. The Army first put out the somewhat unusual request to retirees in March. Within a matter of weeks, 25,000 of them had volunteered to be recalled. The Army's Human Resources Command then had to sift through each of their qualifications and determined about 6,000 of them would meet the service's expected needs during the then-emerging pandemic. Lieutenant General Scott Dingell is the Army Surgeon General. I've just been blown away by the retiree recall response. Um, I initially was only expecting probably about, um, you know, about 50 or so to really answer the call. But it has been overwhelming. And, and I have hundreds of stories about retirees, healthcare professionals, physicians, nurses, uh, dentists, doctors, uh, providers who have a passion to put their lives on the line to serve. And it just blows me away. Speaking at a forum hosted by the Association of the U.S. Army, Dingle offered one example, a retired soldier who lives in California, who offered to help with the Army's COVID response at Brook Army Medical Center in San Antonio, a coronavirus hotspot. And the call goes out, and here she is in a very prominent position in the community as a microbiologist. She had in her heart the desire to serve. And she talked it over with her family and she said, I I have to answer the call to serve the community, to serve the army, to serve in the whole of government approach. And she asked her family, uh, what should I do? What should I do? The husband and the children said, mom, you got to go. But then they also said, mom, what can I do? You know, and she said, well, you can help your dad and cook, you know, while I'm gone. But just that type of response from someone to deploy and answer a call to put their life on the front line of dealing with a a COVID-19 virus that we're still trying to work the vaccine and therapeutics. It was just admirable and it touched your heart because that is the type of commitment that these retirees have brought to Army medicine. So far, the Army's only activated about 170 out of those 6,000 medical professionals it initially identified. One reason for that is that it takes some time to get them through the vetting process to temporarily re-enter active service. Another is that, by law, the Army is only allowed to recall 1,000 retirees at any given time. The Defense Department has proposed legislation to lift that cap, but Congress has not acted as of yet. When the Army first put out the call to retirees, it was in full-on COVID response mode, having shut down most elective procedures at its military treatment facilities. Now, Dingle says the Army is using the recalled retirees to help fill staffing gaps at the MTFs as it restarts more of those routine operations. They may also be able to help relieve the strain on the active-duty medical force, who Dingle says need to take time to consider their own behavioral health concerns. Because what what we will often do is we will just get into... Uh, the OR, the ER, the hospital, and just grind and grind because they're so committed to conserving the fighting strength yeah. and saving lives of that um, of that of that young youth or that uh, retiree or that that elderly. And one of the uh, common threads was that you know, well, I don't need it, you know. But yet, when that healthcare worker, as well as that general officer or that leader or that command sergeant major, is forced to make sure that you take time out, you know, and you get up, put yourself on the rack and allow you to get that overall, that check from top to bottom to include the mental health care. 
every last one of them come out where that is the best thing that has happened to to us. You know, and likewise, as we implement this focus in the healthcare worker community, you know, I want to make sure that I find a way the healthcare worker, that those physician nurses are doing the same thing because oftentimes we're the worst offenders because we want to take care and save lives so much that sometimes we forget about taking care of that man and woman in the mirror. And Colonel David Benedek, the chairman of the Department of Psychiatry at the Uniformed Services University of the Health Sciences, says behavioral health concerns like PTSD are a real issue in the military medical community, especially during a situation like this one. But he says downtime is key. To some degree, we are in uncharted territory. So it's hard to know how many will develop post-traumatic stress disorder or depression. Uh, And so actual numbers of folks who will be sick, if you will, from from their uh, work is is difficult to predict. Uh, Nonetheless, there are certainly measures that all can take to uh, promote resilience and promote a more healthy response to the challenges they're confronting. So certainly those uh, self-care measures that include attention to getting good sleep, uh, attention to maintaining good nutritional and hydration habits, attention and devoted to uh, appropriate exercise, the things that we consider self-care are really important, not just for hospital workers and healthcare workers and other frontliners, but all of our society. Some of those more seasoned healthcare experts may also be able to impart some wisdom to the active duty medical force. Dr. Steve Koza, the associate director of the Center for the Study of Traumatic Stress at USU, says one of the key messages younger clinicians may need to hear during circumstances like this is that there are some limits to what the medical profession can do, no matter how hard they work. There are opportunities for leadership to frame the challenging experiences that these healthcare providers are facing, largely because they're dealing with a tremendous amount of ambiguity. Um, they're managing with uh, um, an illness that is outstripping um, in many ways our medical knowledge and we're learning as we go. And so these healthcare providers are facing challenges. Healthcare providers have a tendency to take tremendous responsibility for our outcomes. So um, it can be extremely helpful for senior clinicians and leaders within those organizations to frame expectations, to help younger people understand the limits of what they can do, and that to recognize that it's a challenging environment in in which they're working and and they should be seeking help when necessary, but also understand and accepting the limits of what it is that they're able to do. Jared Serbu, Federal News Radio, part of the Federal News Network. Check out Jared's story at federalnewsnetwork.com. Grab a 30-day free trial of Live by Live Plus and you'll get unlimited skips, commercial-free music, and all of the podcasts and live streaming events you can handle. Visit livexlive.com slash podcast one to learn more and start your free trial.